Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. All right, let's look at Jonah chapter 4, verse 1, and then we'll pray together. In verse 1, the Bible says, This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Mad and Alone is a Tough Place to Be. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word, God. I thank you for all that you're doing in my life and the life of this church, Father. And I pray you do something special now. Teach us your word by your spirit, God. Help us to understand what it is you want us to know. Thank you for the Bible, God. I pray that as we study this morning that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. I've been preaching through our book of the month, Jonah, this month. It's such a short book, less than 50 verses. If you haven't read through it, you've still got time to read through it this month. The whole thing wouldn't take you long to read all four chapters. But I've been preaching one chapter a week in the month of May, and we're going to finish up with chapter four today. But in chapter one, I preached a message, you can run, but you can't hide. And so many times, people use that expression. I hear people say all the time, my, my son is running from the Lord, or I spent years running from God. I hope that if you've ever done that, you realized it, and if you haven't done it, you already know uh, you can't outrun God because he's everywhere. He's faster than we are, but even if he wasn't faster, he, he's everywhere, so you can't outrun him, uh, but you can try to hide from him. In chapter 2, I preach a message called, How Do I Get Out of This Trap? And we saw that God, not the devil, God caused Jonah to get locked up in, inside a smelly belly and had problems that he had to deal with. In chapter 3, I preached a message called, titled, The Clock is Ticking and Judgment is Coming. And we saw how God said, told them how long they had before judgment would come. The prophet prophesied in 40 days, the hammer's going to drop. And they knew something we don't know. We don't know how long we have to continue in our foolishness. That's why I've been saying for years, get right with God before it hits the fan. Get right with God before you fall all the way down, before you're flat out busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted. Get right with God while the grace of God is still on your life. Because here's the reality. We serve a loving and a merciful, gracious God who is patient with us. But that patience has a limit. That grace has a limit. God said, I won't always look the other way on sin. One day, I'm going to come in judgment, and we need to make sure that we get right while there's time to get right. But this morning, we're going to look at chapter 4 and see what happens after people get in revival mode, after people believe the word of the Lord. Because anytime there's a revival, let's just say in a church, if a church is going through a revival, a spiritual awakening, a, a time of great love and excitement for God. There are people who are in it, and there are people who are just not. In, in a city, when it happens, in a nation, when it happens, there are people who get involved, and there are people who don't. 
And uh, let's look at verse 1 again as we go through this. I'm just going to teach through these 11 verses this morning, get you out of here so we can come back tonight. Verse 1 says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So here we see Jonah, he's mad. Jonah is mad because in verse 10 of chapter 3, the Bible says God saw their works, that they turned from their evil ways, and God spared them. God spared the people of Nineveh, and Jonah didn't like it. Now, I've talked a lot about it a lot this month, but I want you to remember that Jonah had beef with the people of Nineveh. Jonah had hardship. The people of Nineveh, they were the, they, was the capital city of the Assyrians. The Assyrians hated the Jews. There was racial strife. The Assyrians had murdered Jewish people for a long time. Possibly some of Jonah's people were killed by some of these people's people. And how, how many of you know folk hold grudges? Folk hold grudges. And it, it's crazy because the greatest feud in American history uh, is said to be the Hatfields and McCoys. Uh, Y'all don't know the, my mom's side of the family uh, in, in, in Cotton Fields in Rayville, Louisiana. They feud harder than the Hatfields and McCoys. But the Hatfields and McCoys had a bloody feud in American history, two families that opposed each other and hated each other and killed on each other. But after all the killers were dead, the two families came together and their descendants sat down, had a big uh, outdoor cookout, signed a you know, a little piece of cord saying, you know, we, we, we're not going to continue this. All the people that did any killing are dead. How many of y'all know that even in America that uh, we, we haven't come to a peaceful situation yet with all the killing? All right? But here's the reality. God is a God of peace. But the Bible also says he's a God of war. There's a time to live, a time to die, a time to be at peace, and a time to to make war. I don't know where you're at in your life, but I see a lot of people being paralyzed because they're still mad at people for what people who not even alive did to people that they heard about that not even alive yet. Mm. The Bible says we have these stories for our examples. We need to learn from them. We need to do the good things we see in the Bible so we can have the good result. We need to, we, we need to avoid the bad things we see in the Bible so we can avoid the bad result, because if you do what others did, you can have what they had. And we want to have the good without the bad. But Jonah, God told Jonah, go, go, go preach to these people. Jonah wasn't with it. That's why he tried to run. He did not want to preach to a race of people. See, he had already preached to lots of people. He wasn't scared of the people. He, he wasn't unwilling to do what God had gifted him to do. He had done it many times before, but he never had to do it to people he had racial strife with. And, and Jonah's like, man, I'm, I'm willing to go so far, but I ain't going that far. What, what, if, what if God puts you in, in a position like, like he did with the apostle Paul? Paul was a Jew. They had big beef racially with Gentiles. But, but Paul said, Here, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, God said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you out there, and you're going to have to minister to all different types of people, Jews and Gentiles. Here comes Paul. Think about the people that Paul preached to. Paul was overseeing the majority of the large churches in the first century. And so he, he would go and preach in those churches. Now, this is the same Paul that previously worked for the government, killing off and imprisoning the Jewish people. Now, think about it. This, this, is, this would be like the 
uh, former grand wizard of the Klan coming to the uh, African Methodist Episcopal Annual Church Conference every year saying, hey, y'all listen to me because I'm going to teach you some Bible. It'd probably be some pushback on that. It'd probably be. But what if he got saved for real, fell in love with God for real, and God put a message in his mouth for AME? Then he's got to be willing to do it, but they've got to be willing to receive it. See, we've got some very similar stuff going on in our world today that I see happening in this book. Jonah did not want to preach to them because he knew if he preached to them, some of them would get saved. Do you know how jammed up you must be? I understand. I really do. I understand because I, I grew up in the South. I, I, I grew up in this city. I, I understand how racially backwards Jacksonville is. I understand how racially backwards America is. I understand how, how hateful uh, the sin of racism is. And I understand that racism uh, or that slavery, Jim Crow, segregation laws are, are still being felt, the impact of that to this day, especially by people who want to keep that impact alive. Now, you can feel how you want to feel about Al Sharpton, but do you know if white people and black people ever got along, Al wouldn't have no money? I don't know if he's got any money. He's, he's, he's $4 million in debt to the IRS. That's not a bad I would. You know if you're $4 million in debt to the IRS, how much money you had to have made? <laughs> okay? But the people that stir it up all the time to, to keep it hot and angry are, are just trying to keep wounds alive. But I understand that these wounds exist, but I wonder if you're so far gone as a white person that you, you have racial strife toward an entire group of people that you want to see them die and go to hell, you really should not call yourself a Christian. Because the, the Bible says you can't love God that you haven't seen if you can't love the people that you do see. And so it works on the other side of the coin too. If you're so far gone as a black person that you just want all white people to die and go to hell because they're all white devils that, that did your great-great-grandfather wrong, then you should adjust your mouth next time you go to call yourself a Christian too because Christianity is a message of love, hope, and forgiveness. Yeah, see, it's not popular, but it, it's the truth. Uh, to, we're going to look at this reason the Bible says Jonah became very angry in verse 1 because the people repented. And God did not destroy them. Jonah would have been happy to see everybody in Assyria killed. He would have been happy. He would have rejoiced. He would have roasted marshmallows over their burning flesh. Now here, some of y'all smile and some of y'all sleep as I'm talking. But here's the reality. We still got people to be that way today. We got people rejoicing in the downfall of folk they don't even know. And we got people wishing bad on people all the way around in every different scenario. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. In, in verse 2, listen, listen, listen to Jonah. It, verse 1 says Jonah became very angry. Verse 2 says, so he complained to the Lord about it. Colon. We don't pause on the punctuation. Take the Bible in bite-sized pieces. Now, if God does something and you get angry about it, and your response is to go to complain to God about it, you just, as the dad 
Walton said to John Boy Walton one time, one episode John Boy wasn't the good guy, his dad looked at him and said, Boy, have you taken temporary leave of your senses? Hey, he knew he knew John Boy knew better, so he must have set his mind off to the side to act that crazy. Jonah knew better, but he complained to the Lord about it. And this, this is what he said. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? He is so blinded in his racism. He is so blinded in his hatred. He is so blinded, all the while calling himself the mighty man of God, all the while calling himself the prophet of God. But he's so angry that it drives him to complain to the Lord. Now, some people sit in my office and say, Pastor, I hate to admit this, but honestly, uh, I, I, there are times in my life when I've been mad with God. What times in my life I've been mad with everybody? If you live long enough, there's going to be things that you question. But I'll tell you, if you go to God and start complaining about stuff that is in his will to do. See, but we say amen and we say all right. But listen to this. There, There were a lot of people that did not like me telling them that the reason why Barack Obama was the president of America for eight years is because God wanted Barack Obama to be the president of America for eight years. And, oh, they used to just grind on people. And people used to say, I can't believe uh, that, that you believe this is what God wants. And, and so now I, I tell you the same thing. The reason why Donald Trump is the president of America right now is because for whatever reason, and we don't have to understand it, but God wants this man to be the 45th president of the United States. Now, see, on one side or other of that coin, some of that's got to be like, I don't like that to you. Some of that's got to be like, you know, people walking around. The, the, you know, the same people. It's so funny because I had people tell me, well, uh, Obama's not my president. And I'm like, yes, he is. Be ignorant if you want to. Act crazy if you want to. He is 100% the, the, the only president. And, and so now, they, they didn't like me telling them that, but now people are saying, you know, Trump train and Donald Trump. And, and now we got a, a whole different group of people saying, he's not my president. God is working his will. What God does, he does. We don't have to understand it. God has a plan. And listen, sometimes God uses men, sometimes God uses women, sometimes God uses children, sometimes God uses nature, and sometimes God, I'm looking for that word because I was going to say something else, sometimes God uses a donkey. God has a plan. We're not all, Jonah didn't understand it. Actually, Jonah was mad about it. He didn't care to understand it. He just was mad, so mad, very angry, verse 1 says. Verse 2 said he complained to the Lord. And here he said, didn't I say before I left home that you would do this? Comma. Lord, if my children came to me with that demeanor, it's trouble in the house. Not for me. I was talking to somebody this week, and they were having that teenage rebellion. 
their, one, of their, one of their children was bowing up. And I said, well, my kids haven't got to that point yet, but I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. So the, the, the thought of it, I, some of y'all couldn't imagine bowing up at your mother or your father. Or you couldn't imagine your children bowing up at you because you know how that would roll. Okay? Well, think about the silliness of a human being bowing up to God. Bad-mouthing God. Calling him Lord out of the side of his mouth. Telling him, I told you this was going to happen. I don't like it. He said, that's why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You're eager to turn back from destroying people. Now, here's what I want to unpack for you this morning. Look at what this Christian man was mad about. Listen to his complaint. God, you're merciful and compassionate. Who that just grates on me. Hates you for that. I'm just very angry about that. I'm mad because you're just so nice. Hey. There are people who cannot stand to see others advance. There are people that can't. That's why you shouldn't have any enemies. That's why you ought to love God and love people. Then, then when somebody that you used to be enemies with is doing better than you, you don't have to be mad about it. You, you, don't, you don't have to get mad at God. Or how are you going to bless them and leave me over here? Listen, it should be a good thing to know that God is merciful and compassionate. But here's what we want. We want all of God's mercy for us, but all of God's wrath for them. We want all of God's compassion on us, but God's judgment on them. It's, I've been watching this for so long. Uh, and next week, week, two weeks from now, a week and a half from now, our church will be 17 years old. I've been senior pastor in this church for 17 years, and, and I've been seeing it consistently. When people are going through hardship, they tell me that it's because they're so close to God and trying so hard to be all that God wants them to be that the enemy is trying to bring them down. But when other people are going through hardship, the same people that said that see, say, see, I knew he was fake. I knew he was phony. That's why God's judging him. See, for you it's one way, but for your adversary it's the other way. That's why we've been learning on Wednesday night that we don't wrestle against people. We wrestle against our enemy in the spirit realm the devil. And, 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 you know, Jonah's mad. He said, that's why I ran away from you, man. I'm mad at you. I knew you were merciful. I knew you were compassionate. Not only that, let me tell you something else about yourself. You're slow to get angry. And I'm mad about that. How are you going to be slow to get angry? Here's what he's saying. You are not punishing my enemies. Now, there is a twisted thing, many twisted things in the human mind. Uh, let, me, let me tell you something. I, I have uh, multiple degrees in theology and psychology, and I, I will say this to, to my own hurt. The majority of people who study psychology are on twist themselves, okay? That's the type of people that are led into wanting to understand how the mind gets so twisted. And I, I, I can tell you this. There's a twisted thing in the human psyche that allows for this adage to be true. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. That ain't true. That is not true. I mean, if, if Iran and Iraq are fighting against each other while at the same time fighting against, you, you can't say the enemy of our enemy is, is your friend, but that's how the mind wants to work. 
You want to see it played out? Teenage girls in the lunchroom. Teenage girls in the lunchroom. You know why? Because they will have a hen-pecking session on whoever they're mad at. Whoever they're mad at. They, they would just be raking the coals over, and then somebody hear them. Oh, oh, you, 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 don't, you, don't like, you don't like her? I don't either. I can't stand her. She's a hoe. She's just trifling. And yeah, here it comes. Everybody piling in. And it's like, oh, well, if you don't like him, I don't like him either. Now, all of a sudden, we're buddies. I've seen it in the lives of people who have gotten mad at me for telling them the truth, left the church, didn't even like the people that were here when they left, but now they're buddies because they hate me. Misery loves company. And here, my man, he's just mad. I'm so mad you don't get angry fast enough for me, God. He's not really mad that God is slow to get angry. He's mad that God's not angry with his enemies. You should not have enemies as a Christian person. They're going to come. They're going to be haters. I told, I've been telling you all for years, haterade is free, and they pour it by the gallon. There's always going to be haters. Uh, Jesus said, marvel not when the world hates you. They hated me first. And, and so there's always going to be that. But their hatred on you should not elicit a response against them. Some people even pray for, for God to get those people. You reap what you sow. You, you, the Bible says freely you see, freely ought you to give. You got forgiveness freely. Can you offer forgiveness to your adversary? God forgave you for every bad thing you've ever done. Can you forgive? Well, you don't know what she did to me. Well, she beat you, strip you down naked, uh, uh, rip your flesh open so bad that your intestines were hanging out, and then hang you up naked on a tree for all the world to see you choke out and die? I don't think they did that to you. He's mad. Jonah's mad. Uh, boy, God, yeah, your mercy just wearing me out. I ain't with your compassion, and you're not getting angry fast enough for me. And then he hits him with this. And you're filled with unfailing love. How are you going to love those people that don't love me? How are you going to love those people that did me wrong? How are you going to love those people as, as hard and ignorant and mean and hateful as they are? They don't deserve love. And we have people in this world today, in this country today, that still believe entire races of people don't deserve love, and they bang, boomerang that right back, and y'all don't deserve love either. You really want to see it getting played out right now on a grand scale that you won't see on normal news? Get to digging on some real news sources. Read news from outside of this country. Look what's happening in South Africa. Now, some people are saying, well, chicken come home to roost, and they're excited. But they are murdering and slaughtering white farmers in South Africa because their grandparents stole the land, and now the ANC has taken over, has been replaced uh, by a more uh, 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 militant regime, and they are saying we want expropriation without retribution, and what they're saying is. Take you a knife, a machete, a hatchet, a good pair of brass knuckles, or a big stick, and go kill the white farmers in South Africa, and you can have their land. And some people are saying, well, they weren't even the ones that stole it. But the other people are saying, yeah, but their people did. They came here and they stole that land. Some of that land wasn't even occupied, but it didn't belong to them. 
Okay, well, I mean, we can play that card back all the way. And where are you going to go? Because every, every time somebody went somewhere and, and claimed land that was unoccupied, uh, you know, you can say they stole it from somebody. Indians were not on every part of America. But if you want to play on that side of the coin, you, 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 can, you can go with, you know, whitey been stealing from folk from day one. And they, they stole this country from the Indians. The Indians were in a handful of states. What about all the states they wasn't in? If you want to play on the other side of the coin, you, you, you can bring into slavery. And, and, and I see people say, uh, the, the, you know, white man was too lazy to build the country, and he got free, free labor from African Americans and Chinese people. Well, not in New Jersey. I've seen a few buildings in New Jersey. Uh, you know, so you can get into this mindset of uh, we built everything and it's ours. We're going to go take it back. You can get into this hating people for what was done in the past. But that's all the way around. Every group of people in the history of mankind have been in slavery at some point. Not, not, not to the degree that this country has done it. But every group of people can look at another group of people and have reason for hate. You got to decide. Are you glad that God is kind and merciful? Or are you looking for him to get them? Because this, this thing, and I understand, I understand because if it was me, if I found out, if I was in South Africa as, as a, a indigenous people to that, to that region, and I found out that my great-grandparents had land stolen from them, kicked off, and now some big, beautiful farm, I'd be like, get out. So I get the human side of it, but as Christians, we got to learn how to die to ourselves and come alive to God in a spiritual concept that says, I'm okay with God showing mercy to my enemy. I'm okay with God being compassionate to people that did me wrong. I'm okay that God doesn't get angry as fast as I do. And I'm okay that God is filled with unfailing love. The Bible says don't rejoice in your adversary's downfall because God might turn his downfall into your downfall. God might take him off the hot seat and throw you on the hot seat. We need to be careful as people who claim the name of Christ that we are not. Now, listen, everybody's got some kind of thing going on in them. Everybody's a human being. Everybody has things that they like, they dislike. Everybody, you know, Maybe everybody ain't a racist, but people are prejudiced to certain things. And, and, and hopefully you have had God work that out of you or allowing God to work in you because we are going to get back out of this life what we put into it. And if you are hoping somebody gets theirs, you're probably going to get yours and not live to see them get theirs. You know, pe people say you ought to let bygones be bygones. Listen, people are still warring over bygones. The reason the Palestinians and the Jews are fighting over the Gaza Strip is because Abraham promised it to Ishmael first, so it rightfully the Palestinians before it was anybody's. He promised it to Ishmael. Twelve years later, new Johnny-come-lately son comes along. He boots Ishmael out with nothing and promises the land to Isaac, who's the father of the Jewish people. Ishmael's the father of the Palestinian people. So the Palestinians are like, it's ours. The Jews are like, nope, it's ours. I'm going to tell you something. If my father had set me out on a rock like Simba and said, all that you can see. I'm like, that's mine for real? 
If my dad, think about it, if Jay Leno was my dad and he got a $40 million automobile collection, I'm walking through his, you know, 700 square, thousand square foot garage, 900 cars in there. I'm, he's like, all that you can see. Dog, I don't need about two of them. So I'm going to wreck the first one hard. And, and, then, and then 12 years later, screech, stop, pump the brakes. Oh, you're out, he's in. That's not an easy message to hear. So there, there, there's, this, there's, there's this strife. They're, they're still fighting over there, over this one little piece of land. Uh, to, to who's the rightful owner? Well, obviously, if you want to look at court date, you could have been in the will last year, but if the will got rewrote this year, you're out, the new one's in. You got no recourse. That's just how the law works. So it, it's the Jewish people. And, and one thing I can say about politics that I'm glad about, because the last three presidents all ran on, swore, said verbally out of their mouth over ten times each that they were going to move the embassy to Jerusalem. And none of them did it, and uh, America finally did that. And they're all mad about it now because uh, they, they wanted the embassy to be controlled uh, a different way. But this hate is growing, and it's always been between races, and you need to make sure that you're not mad that God is nice. People say that the God of the Old Testament was a God of judgment and wrath, and the God of the New Testament is grace and mercy. There's not two different gods. God is just as merciful today as he was then. He's no more merciful today than he was then. He's just as judgmental today as he was then. He's no more judgmental today than he was then. He told God, he told God I'm mad at you, and this is why. You're eager to turn your back from destroying people. So here's what Jonah wanted. See, this is called the inverse principle. Is it flipping on his head and working back? Okay, here's what he wanted. He wanted God to not be merciful to his enemy. He wanted God to not be compassionate to his enemy. He wanted God to be fast to get angry with his enemy. And he wanted God to have no love for his enemy. And he did not want God to stop destroying people that he didn't like. So here's the reality this morning. Who do you have it in for? Who are you glad at their downfall? Who are you glad? At, see, because there are people that can watch a newscast and say, got what he deserved. Other people watch and say, they're going to get what they deserve. And this whole time, if we be honest with ourselves, we just want God's love, mercy, and forgiveness more than anything. But we need to understand, you reap what you sow. Verse 3, here's Jonah's final thought at this, po at this point. He says, just kill me now, Lord. He's still saying Lord out of the side of his mouth, which would get him punched in my house. He's still showing anger to the God he claims to serve. See, it's time for some Christians to stop getting mad. And just let it be what it's going to be. Because if you concentrate on your walk with God, if you concentrate on being who God wants you to be, you're not going to have enough time to be worrying about racial strife and division and all this other. You're going to be full-scale, full-time working on being who God wants you to be. And if you don't, 
You just might get to where Jonah, just kill me now. I just want to die. I can't take it. I'm sick of your niceness. I'm sick of your kindness. You ain't killing folk I want to see killed. And you ain't letting me roast no marshmallows over there burning dead bodies. I'd rather be dead than alive if you ain't going to kill these people. He said, I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. What he predicted was in 40 days God's killing all y'all. Judgment's coming. He didn't like the message. And I told y'all, prophecy is not somebody's got a bad back, somebody's dealing with a, with a trust issue. That's con artistry. Prophecy has always been. Every prophet had the same message. Judgment's coming. Get right or get left. And, and man, Jonah was like, okay, well, he finally decided because he didn't like the smell inside that fish's belly. He, he, didn't like, he didn't like being chained up in the bottom of the ocean. He finally decided, well, you know, I will go ahead and do. Matter of fact, I want to be the dude to look them in their face and say, you're about to get yours. God is coming after you. And so he had some type of twisted joy in that because the human brain can be a twisted thing. Your enemy's downfall does not gain you anything. Well, I just want to see it. I just hope I live long enough to see it. It will not benefit. It won't add any money into your bank account. If every enemy you have today died, it would not change your net worth by a penny. And it wouldn't change your relationship with God in any way other than to possibly make it worse. But Jonah, man, Jonah's just being real. Now, I do appreciate that about him. He, he, he's not where he should be because he keeps calling God Lord out of the side of his mouth. But at least he knows that God is in control. At least he knows that God is the one who is doing what's being done. But he's, he, at least he knows he can't lie. He's got to tell the truth. He can be open and honest to God. And he's telling God, I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Some of y'all mad at me. I, I got to teach with the examples I have. I, I have to try to get you to understand spiritual truths in ways that make sense to me. I try to do it in, in a way that can make sense to everybody. We, we have had uh, polar opposite presidents back to back. It stands out in my mind. Because they, there, there were some people, there were people in this country that would have rather died than to see a black man be president of the United States. They would have told you, if they'd be honest, I hope I don't live to see the day. And there are people right now that, truth be told, they'd rather die than see Donald Trump win re-election if, if he runs. Uh, he's so, how can he keep living? I mean, he's, he's 150 years old now. But... There are people that literally would rather die than to see their enemy not get destroyed. And, hey, I got to give credit to Jonah because the first step in solving the problem is identifying the problem. And he's getting real about where he's at right now. And some of y'all still telling that lie, I don't see color and I'm not prejudiced. Uh, well, what kind of milkshake you like? Uh, I like strawberry. I, I don't like vanilla milkshake. Uh, I, I, if I pour that down the drain, I, 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 need, I need strawberries. So I'm prejudiced against vanilla milkshake, you know. And so there, there's that. But we, we all have issues, and we need to be honest with God about our issues. Dude is being butt-naked honest. I mean, he's just being stripped me down to my nothing. And I'm going to just tell you, I hate them people. Only reason I preach to them is because you put me in a whale's belly and it stunk. And I didn't want to be down there forever, and I wanted to see them all die. But now here you come being nice to them. After I first got saved, my stepfather, who abused me and my sister, 
came to get my little brother on Saturdays, sometimes Friday night, and I started going out there. He wasn't loud in our house after that. Uh, he honked a horn. My mom was sending my little, you know, eight-year-old brother out there. I started walking out with him after I got saved um, and trying to witness to the man who caused, caused me uh, the most pain in my life of anybody. And one day my mom, she just was done out. She's like, why do you keep trying to be nice to that man after all he did to our family? Why are you going out there talking to him after what he put us through? And I told her, I said, Mom, I got to understand, if God can forgive me for all of the sins that I've done against him, I got to be able to forgive everybody for anything that they've done to me. And there's a liberation in that. And, and it's not to say I didn't ever want to, to uh, you know, to, to revisit the crimes on him. I saw this man slash my sister's face wide open. This man punched me in my face so many times, choked me unconscious so many times uh, when I was too small to do anything about it. And then when he was old and frail, asking me to do his funeral, which I did when, when he died, you know, and, and don't think I didn't stand up. I stood up there in front of all his people. I looked down at that box. And I thought, well, I could tell the truth right now. In hell. And I did tell the truth. But I didn't tell the hateful truth. And you got to decide what truth are you living in. Are you living in the hateful truth or the loving truth? Are you living in, in a reality that says, God, let me get right with him? And I hope everybody will get right with him. Jonah was not there. He said, man, I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted ain't going to happen. He knew God was going to forgive them. So now he just want to be dead. Verse 4, God finally speaks. And God replies, is it right for you to be angry about this? Question mark. It was so funny. Uh, when, when Ethan was a teenager and he'd have his teenage friends come over to my house uh i started seeing patterns in in their life and i, I started seeing things that I, I knew were were causing trouble and i would ask them leading questions you see you 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 get you get on in leadership you learn how to ask people leading questions and they would start lying to me and ethan finally told one of them in the living room one day dude I know him well enough to know if he's asking you that question, he already knows the answer. So go ahead and be honest. See, God already knows the answer. Is it right for you to be? See, this is a leading question that God had. Most of the questions my kids, I ask my kids, I already know the answer. I want to see what their response is going to be. God already knows the answer. He just wants to see what the response is going to be. Jonah is so mad. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't even answer. He just walks out. But let, let's see. The question is, is it right for you to be angry about this? Now, here's the sad news. Most people's answer would be, you better believe it's right. I got beef for real and for real cause. And they're wrong and I'm right and they did us dirty. That's real. And there's a reason for that. But after you come to Christ and say you want to be all that God wants you to be and you want to be loving, gracious, and forgiving just like our God is loving, gracious, and forgiving, you either got to be mad at God's loving, kindness, grace, and mercy or you got to extend that to everybody, whether they deserve it or not. See, Jonah's so mad, he, he, he don't even give God an answer to 
the question. That was probably the smartest thing he did in this discourse. Because you, you, you get in a, in a game with God on question and answer, you're going to lose. And he just wanted the people to, to be destroyed. So he, he makes his own plan. Listen to verse 5. Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. Here Jonah's doing something that's familiar to him. He's running away again. He's running away again. Learn from the mistakes of other people. If you keep doing the same thing that you've always done, you're always going to get what you always got. You want something new, you got to do something new to get it. See, the world wants change, but nobody wants to be the change they want the world to be. You got to be willing to be the change you want to see. Jonah was not willing to be the change. He wanted to do what was comfortable to him. Get too hot for him, he runs. That's that's why people come to church, be all fired up, and then uh, a month later, six months later, a couple years later, you can't find them. Why? Because they were in it to win it as long as it worked for them. They they, they were down down for the Lord as, as long as it didn't cost them anything. But once it got uncomfortable for them, once they started getting away from the God of the book and getting away from the book, they just have to step out. Jonah's like, I got to get out of here, man. I'm just going to go to the east side. Be careful about living on the east side. It'll get you in trouble. He goes to the east side of the city, representing where God ain't, but what he don't know, he should know, God's everywhere. And he made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. Now, this dude is a prophet. He's prophesied before. He's seen God do miracles before. He knows God is real. He knows God is going to do what God says. But he's so bent in his mind right now over his racial hatred. He's so bent because life's not going the way he wants it to go that he's hoping for a different result. Listen, if Ray Lewis, some of y'all like that movie Rudy. I hate that movie Rudy. That little dude had no business playing for Notre Dame. That little dude had no business putting on a gold dome. He, he Bucket boy, that's, that's his job. I, I, I wasn't even talking about this morning, but I told my kids this, this exact thing this morning. Rudy never beats Ray Lewis, ever, in anything. Checkers, chess, bank account, run, push-ups, weightlifting. I mean, the, 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 Ray's going to win if him and Rudy go at it. That's common sense. Jonah ought to know God's going to do what God's going to do, whether you sit back and pout about it or not. The, the, the little man is not going to rise up here. But Jonah's hoping against hope. I hope I hope God messes up and kills all them people. Well, well he should have known what God was going to do. He already, God already told him that God had, wasn't going to destroy him at the end of chapter 3. But he goes away from God, and he makes his own shelter. Now, some people have been around church so long, they got cliches for everything, and and they understand that our God is a cleft in a what? In a rock. He's a shelter in the time of a what? Storm. See, there's, there's real church people answering these questions. And he had God as his fortress and strong tower, his buckler and his shield, his mighty battle axe. He had God as his cleft in the rock. He had God to sh- shelter him under the shadow of his almighty wing. He See, he, he knew all that church stuff too. 
which is Bible stuff because all those descriptions are in the Bible. God had been his shelter, but now because of his beef with human beings, he gets away from God, and he goes and makes his own shelter. When you're beefing with people so hard, when you have animosity with people so hard, when, you're, when your race hurt is so hard that you've got to get away from God and make your own shelter, you need to do something to fix that. Because waiting to see what's going to happen, what God said is going to happen every time. It's always going to be that way. But that's what people do. They get mad. They pout. They go stand in the corner and sit back and watch. The, and, and the happier the people get, the madder the powders get. And the more blessed the people get, the more angry the hater gets. And, and, and Jonah's just sitting there, and he's like, I ain't, I ain't even going to participate in this revival. I'm, I'm not even going to celebrate with these people that God has chosen to spare. And we still have people doing that today. See, here's the heart, and I've seen this in people's lives forever. The powder, the one who doesn't join in with the fun, the one who's too cool, to, to, to get involved with everybody else. It's not that they don't want to be in the party. They just have so much internal junk that's jammed them up. They don't feel like the party will accept them. So it, it's, it's like the one that always sits off to the corner and it's just like, nah, I don't even want to do that. But in their mind, they're thinking, I should be doing that. Don't miss out on life. Because you're a hater. Don't miss out on life because you want to be a loner. Don't, see, nobody was built to be alone in this world. The Bible says two are better than one. God created us to be in community. Don't, don't be so. Do you know what a loner always is? Alone. It's lonely to be a loner. You're alone. And the Bible says the two are better than one. If you fall down, you have somebody to help you up. Listen, if, if you go through life alone, life's going to be twice as hard and half as fun. Twice as hard and half as fun. Why? Because if you go through life with somebody, they can share half your load. And if you go through life with somebody, they, they, they can rejoice with your rejoicing. But people want to be lonely. John, John's like, I'm done. I'm, it's, it's just me now. I'm, a, I'm against them. I'm against God. I'm not liking none of this. And you can choose to be that kind of person today. I don't like it. So I'm not going to participate. Well, I don't think we should do it that way. We should do it this way. Well, I don't like when he preaches on this. I only like when he preaches on that. I don't like them songs anyway. I like them other songs. I, I don't like the, this leader. I like the other leader. I don't think we should be doing this. I think we should be doing Shut up. You should be so glad that God saved your raggedy, sin-sick soul that you're not complaining about anything God is doing. They didn't have to try to convince me. You know, they, they teach these, these uh, witnessing courses, and the first thing you got to do is get the person to admit they were a sinner. That, that, they didn't have to. I wasn't like, well, I never killed anybody because, you know, I got a pass. But they, they, I, was, I was never like, well, I'm not worse than so because I was. And I, I never had to have anybody convince me that I was a, I already knew that. And that's why, for me, I'm still in love with God. That's why, for me, I'm still grateful to God. That's why, for me, I'm still happy that God saves sinners and pulls people up out of the bottom and sets them on a firm foundation. Because that's me. Now, if you're not really saved, you can't be happy for anybody because you don't realize how happy you ought to be for yourself. And then you end up being that lonely person. 
You get mad and you just leave. Jonah didn't want any part of their revival. He was mad, wanted to be alone. He just stomp off and go be by himself. You see kids do that. Kids, you go to a party, one of the kids stomp off, go sit off in the corner by himself. The one thing that he's hoping against hope for, somebody come get him. Bring me back into the party. Tell me I can still play. He wouldn't admit that because he's hard. He hates all y'all anyway. The loner wants to be loved. He wants to be involved, but his pride gets in the way. Let's see what the Bible says in verse 6. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. <laughs> He's grateful for what? This same dude that's not grateful for God's love is grateful for this plant. This same dude that's not grateful for God's forgiveness is grateful for this plant. This same dude that's not grateful that God didn't destroy a whole race of people, he's grateful for this plant. He likes what God does for him as long as it works for him. But he doesn't want anything to do with God when God is doing something that he doesn't understand or there's something he doesn't agree with. This plant comes, delivers him from his, his condition. He's hot out there. So, so God puts this plant over his head. I mean, wow. You stomp off in a corner, God gives you some shade to sit in? That's just how good God is. He was enjoying what God was giving him, but he was still mad at God. See, some of y'all got kids that way. Mine know. I'll put you out. Mine my, my, my know. You stop enjoying me. You, you get off the A team. There ain't no B team here. It's A team and out. And, and uh, don't just love who does for you for what they do for you. See, we got gold digger Christians. They want to come to God, use God just for the blessing. But don't want to agree with God's plan when, when, when they don't. He, he, he's thankful for the gift, but he's not happy with the giver of the gift. So he's going down a, a, a bad path. Look at verse 7. But God also arranged for a worm. Exclamation point. Pay attention to the punctuation. It'll help with your understanding. He, but God also, the same God who sent the plant, sent the worm. We got to get out of this mindset that the devil is doing something to me. If the devil is doing something to you, it's only because God is allowing it to happen. God is the one who is in control. You see, if he was a, a TV preacher, Christian, if he was following that, that, that twisted theology on television, he could say, God tried to bless me, but the devil tried to destroy me. God gave me shelter, but the devil sent a worm. No. No, God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant that it withered away. Fast as it came up, it went down. You better be careful how you handle day-to-day -day stuff. It can go bad as quick as it went good, and it can go good as quick as it went bad. You just, you just got to be ready to lock in and be okay with whatever God chooses to do. Jonah was not okay with what God was doing in verse 8. The scripture says, and as the sun grew hot, comma. I wonder who made it a hot day. 
the same one that took the shade away. God arranged for a scorching east wind. The devil sent this heat on me. No. God destroyed your little shelter, pouty boy, racist boy. God destroyed your little, your little cool breeze shade, and he made the sun grow hot and sent a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. Do not believe these liars from out west who say that it's the dry heat and it ain't as bad as Florida heat. I've been to, I've been to Las Vegas. I got off the plane. I was sitting, sitting at this little, you know, the, the, the bus row where the, where the hotels come and pick you up and shuttle you, the shuttle bus row. The, it was so hot, man. It, the, the weatherman said it was 112 that day. 112! That's hateful. I'm sitting there under this shade of the, of the bus stop, and I'm like, what happened to all this dry heat? It ain't that bad because it's dry heat. I'm like, man, I, we can't get a breeze. Ain't no ocean around here. There ain't nothing. And just as I said it, a strong breeze blew by. Now, in Florida, a breeze come by to cool you off. This thing felt like I had my head in an oven. Somebody had a blow dryer blowing that oven heat on me. Well, you, hey, when God sent a scorching wind to blow on you on a day, he made the sun grow hot. That's trouble. And the sun beat down on Jonah's head until he grew faint. And look what he did again. This dude here. Just kill me now. If I can't have a popsicle, I just want to die. If, if you're not going to let me play with my friends, I, just kill me now. Baby. If it's going to be this hard, just, just, just die. He said, death is certainly better than living like this. How does he know? Has he had death? Has he felt death? Listen, hey, don't ever try to take your own life think it's going to be quick. You'd be the one to miss. I ain't telling you what I heard. I got an uncle. Leaned over a shotgun in his mouth. 12 gauge. Told y'all, these people on my mom's side, they ain't that bright. He never went to school. He was just a farmhand. That's why people in that region had lots of kids. They didn't raise them kids to go to school. They raised them to work the farm. He'd been picking cotton his whole life. He, he was tired of, of his life. He leaned over a shotgun, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you guess what happened. When he reached down to pull the trigger, and he went like this. Blew the whole side of his face and head off. He spent the rest of his life in an in in institution. People think death must be better than this. I mean, I guess if that, if that bullet would have creased him and he'd have went right on out and went to heaven, everybody had a party for him, but it don't go down like that. It, 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 he's making claims that aren't legit. People's mind, when you start running from God, living in hate, not rejoicing in what God is doing, your mind starts playing tricks on you, and you're like, man, I just death got to be better than this, and he don't know anything about death because he's never been there. Verse 9, then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Man, God asking a question. He knows the answer to again. But the last time Jonah didn't answer the question because he didn't want to play verbal judo with God. But now he's so mad and shot out, he didn't want to fight with anybody, even God. So God asked him a question, obvious answer. But Jonah said, yes. 
You, you, you're right. You better believe it's right for me to be angry about that plant dying. I got a case. I got real beef over here. I'm so mad. I'm mad enough to die. You say, wow, I have never been there. You probably have. You just didn't say it in that many words. Or maybe one day you'll find yourself there. See, God asked him the same question in verse 4. Is it right for you to be angry? Is your anger justified? Or are you just selfish? He's so miserable that he's talking back to God now. See, when God asked him a leading question before, he just ducked out. That's not the best response, but it's better than bowing up and, 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 and having verbal judo with God because God will smack you down. And so this time he's like, I'm so sick, I'm so done, I'll talk back to anybody. I don't care what you do to me. Now, see, this, this really isn't very bright for somebody who just a few days ago got out of a whale's belly. This ain't too bright for somebody who just got delivered from death. He, when he was talking about the seaweed has wrapped around my head and choked me and I am dying in the bottom of the ocean. Oh, God sets him off on, uh, on dry land and now he's, and he, he's right back to this. Now he's not being real smart because the God that delivered him before could deliver him again, but he's too mad to get delivered. Some people are so used to being angry, that's all they've got. It's what keeps them warm at night. Some people are so used to being hateful, it's all they've got. It's all they know. So it doesn't matter what the right thing or the wrong thing to do is. He's just inside his own head. Be careful you don't get in, in, inside your feelings so much that you start doing dumb stuff. None of us really plan to do dumb stuff. We get caught up doing dumb stuff. But when you get caught up doing dumb stuff and you realize you're doing dumb stuff, you got to make a decision. Do I turn back to the God who delivered me from the dumb stuff I was doing before, or do I just stay being dumb? It's a choice to make. Let's look at verse 10, 11, and we'll be done. Verse 10 says, the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and it died quickly. God is trying to give him some real sense now. He's like, you... You, you, you sweating that plant? You upset about that plant? You didn't plant that plant. That wasn't your plant. You didn't even ever have it before. It came up and it went. You, it was there and it's gone. What's, what, what is it to you? You didn't do anything to put it there. It came quickly and it died quickly. Well, Jonah liked it because it fit his need. Jonah liked it because it was good for him. And that's how people still are to this day. Verse 11 God says, Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? God had Jonah prophesy, God's going to come wipe y'all out. Men, women, children, sick folk, old people, animals, everything. God's going to come and just destroy all of y'all. Never once thinking, well, what about those children? See, because the Ninevites had children that had never been mean and hateful to the Israelites. Ninevites had children that were never a part of the war with the Israelites. Ninevites had kids that hadn't, hadn't, ain't old enough to even made a decision yet. And Jonah was down with all them being killed too. He's like, you sweating a plant, but you don't care about all these people, all these animals? And then he says, shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? And he leaves off with there. 
He asks a leading question. Jonah knows. Now, some people believe this 120,000, because in some translations it says that it has 120,000 people who don't know their left hand from the right, which was an expression of very young children. Some people believe that the 120,000 was just the kids, and there were over 600,000 people in this city because it, 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 it was a reigning city. And, I mean, either way, whether it's 100,000 or 600,000, th this man's like, I want God to kill them all. But you're mad about that plant dying. The life of the loner is lonely. you you got to understand it's not a good place to be. God doesn't want you to be alone. The life of that person is full of hard lessons. Please don't learn every lesson the hard way. Trust in the God that loves you. The, the reality is, even people who are pouting and running, they just really want to be loved. But I'm going to tell you this. It's not just a song, and it's not just, just a mindset. It's a reality. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. You're never going to find a greater love than God. You're never going to find somebody who, who will put up with you as much as God. You're never going to find somebody who will do for you what God will do for you. But the loner selfishness makes him miserable and unwise. And if you're going to choose to live your life that way, you're going to find out life is hard. I told my kids the same thing I had an old man tell me when I was working at the post office, General Mail Center on Kings Road. I had an old black man tell me. He said, boy, life's hard on stupid people. And that's for real. You want to be hard-headed? You want to learn every lesson the hard way? Life's hard on people like that. You want to be loving, kind, compassionate toward other people? Life's easy on people like that. We need to understand, and I'm done, what we've seen in this book of Jonah. We saw that God was the one that prepared the fish to swallow Jonah up. And the same God also prepared a plant to give him shade, even when he was wrong. The same God that gave the shade sent the worm to get his mind right. And the same God that sent calming breeze to cool him is willing to send scorching breeze to heat you up to get you uncomfortable enough to where you'll realize I got to give up and let God have his way. Some of y'all have been rebellious and stiff-necked and stuck. I ain't changing. I've been me too long. It's just me. Deal with it. It's a bad place to be because the same God that's blessed you in the past could bless you again. The same God that, that took that shade away from Jonah can take that shade away from you. See, Jonah said he knew something in, verse, in chapter 2, verse 9. He said, salvation belongs to the Lord. He realized in his mess that God was the only way he could truly have salvation. So he got himself saved, but then his prejudice came forth. Salvation belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to a race of people. Salvation belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to a nation of people. America made a mistake thinking that America is, is, is better than every other country. Think, thinking that God owes America something because we got a church on every corner. No, the same God 
that's the God over Florida is God over Chicago. The same God that's the God over America is God over, over Romania. We got to understand, God can save who he wants to, pour his love out on who he wants to. If they're folk you're beefing with, let your beef go. I'm going to say this and I'm, I'm going to close in prayer. Your unforgiveness is not hurting your adversary. It's hurting you. Your anger toward another person is not keeping them up at night. It's keeping you up at night. The negative thoughts that you have towards somebody that you're upset with is not doing anything against them. You are giving that person free rent inside your headspace. We need to learn how to let God deal with the fish, the runner, the backslider, the racist, the folk that did us wrong. We need to learn to leave everybody in God's hands and be glad that we're in God's hands. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. If it was going down by my rules, I wouldn't even save me. If it was up to me who gets in heaven and who don't, Jesus gets in heaven. And that'd be it. But I'm thankful that God is more gracious than Scott Becker. I'm thankful that God is more loving and more kind. And he's willing to save anybody that will call on him. That's why the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Some of y'all holding on to hate and wondering why you don't have a good prayer life. Some of y'all holding on to unforgiveness and wondering why you're just angry and upset. You reap what you sow. Give love away, it'll come back to you. Give forgiveness away, it'll come back to you. Release nations and races for whatever injustice you believe and watch good things come back your way. We don't have Ninevites in the room and Israelites in the room. But we got people who have issues. And we need to realize God is the one who's in control. Let God do what he wants to do with those people you've been mad at. That's why God said, don't try to right the wrong yourself. The Bible says if a, if a wise person argues with an unwise person, whether they agree or whether they don't agree, there's no peace, there's no rest. All that bickering and fighting back and forth, didn't get nobody anywhere. Just let them go. These things can be like a monkey on your back just always there clawing at you. Well, you don't know what I've been through, Pastor. And I can't shake it. It's just who I am. It's just, it's just part of my, my life. See, if you're always trying to grab hold of that monkey that's on your back, you're going to throw your back out, your neck out. You're going to dislocate your shoulder. The best way to get a monkey off your back is to stop feeding it. Stop feeding into the negativity. Stop feeding into the bitterness. Stop feeding into the, but it ain't right. 
It ain't right that God loves us in spite of us. It ain't right that God forgives us in our imperfection. Well, I just want what's fair. No, you don't. It's fair that all of us go to hell forever and pay for our sins because we've all done wrong. It's not fair that, that, that people like me get to go to the same heaven that, that great people get to go to. It's not fair that, that, that somebody like me gets to go to the same heaven that Billy Graham went to. It's not fair that people like me get to be blessed and be loved by God the same way that people who didn't do dirt get to be blessed and loved by God. See, we really don't want what's fair for us. We want the ease and degrees on our side. We want, we want the grace and the space on our side. We want the judgment and the wrath on the devil's side. God said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. There shouldn't be anybody that you want to see die and go to hell. No matter what, no matter what the story is. You ought to learn how to let go. We don't know. I read lots of commentaries on, on, on everything in the Bible. There are historians that say that right after God gave that to Jonah, that Jonah repented and participated in the revival. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. God didn't choose to tell us. What if God put you in a ministry where you had to minister to people that you one time hated? What if God put you in a ministry that you weren't comfortable with? Do you love him enough to be uncomfortable? Do you love him enough to serve him on his terms? Or are you just going to run, hide, stomp off, and pout? You've got to learn a lesson from the life of this man, Jonah got to learn a lesson from what God wants to teach us. Get out of that bitterness. Get off that beef. Stop feeding that monkey. Be glad for your own salvation. Work on yourself. I don't get theology from Psalms, but I leave you with this last thing. I get my theology from the Bible. Sometimes Psalms say some stuff that's really good. Michael was talking about wanting to see change. And he said, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. Are you willing to start with the person in the mirror? Or are you going to hold your ground until they change? They may never change. You got to get them out of your head space. You got to make room for God in your life. Let's pray. God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for being compassionate. Thank you for being willing to forgive. Thank you for being quick to pardon and slow to anger. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died for us on the cross. God, I pray, Lord, that you would allow us to walk in newness of life. Deliver us, God, from pain. Deliver us from unforgiveness. Deliver us from having beef with people. God, help us to be so thrilled with your love for us that we don't give headspace to anybody but you.
for you alone are worthy. You are our creator, and you're the only one that should live in our head. You're the only one that should live in our heart. You're the one that we should allow to govern and guide our life. So I ask you, God, to have your way in me, have your way in this church. Thank you for your word. Help us to learn the lessons you want us to know. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.